Coming to you from Silicon Valley, I'm Marcus Edwards, and I'm on the hunt for recruiting leaders, producers, innovators, and pioneers who've made their mark on the industry and can't wait to share their points of view. We'll tackle the tough topics and dig deep to find the answers you're looking for and some actionable advice you can take to the bank. So stick around and stay tuned, and welcome to Recruiting Trailblazers. Okay, I'm very excited to welcome back to the podcast today, Ashley Pereira. Ashley is a brand and marketing consultant who specializes in recruiting. She helps brands and individuals establish their identity, figure out their market, and basically develop strategies to help them reach their goals. She's also the founder of the Free Skin Company, which sells a range of organic, vegan, and US-made skincare products and donates 5% of all purchases to bettering the mental health of those affected by childhood abuse, trauma, and PTSD. So fantastic stuff. Welcome to the podcast, Ashley Pereira. Thank you so much for having me back again. I'm excited. Excellent stuff. Yeah, so we were on the phone this week or last week, and we were talking about, you know, what are the building blocks, the basic steps that people make, recruiters need to make in order to to start their branding and content journey in order to really get themselves on the map. Because it's not just a question of posting and praying, is it? And just seeing what happens. There's a strategy behind it. And you've got to understand the why. You've got to understand, you know, the mindset going into it. You've got to have some tactics figured out. And, um, and you've got to understand cadence as well. So we'll go through this stuff and just put together, you know, a step-by-step plan for people who really want to get going on that content and branding journey. How does that sound, Ashley? Perfect. I love it. Excellent stuff. Um, so look, where, where should we start? Let's start on the why. Okay. Why do people need, why do recruiters need to build a brand and why do they need to get going on this content journey to help them become more successful as recruiters? I think the greatest reason why we're so focused on creating personal brand or personal career brand right now is the power of technology in this day and age and how your candidates or your potential buyers or clients are currently going about making their decisions on who they work with, how they purchase, what they buy, why they buy. And really it comes down to exposure and how, how exposed you have yourself to the rest of the community in terms of, are you sharing your knowledge? Do people know who you are? Do they know how to find you? Do they know why you're focused on what you are and how you're going to help them? I, I think it really comes down to that as far as like the the black and white why. Yeah. And I think that technology and in this particular instance, you know, LinkedIn, the LinkedIn platform um, has created an incredible opportunity for people to capture that audience, to to aggregate that audience, and then to to really make themselves known to that audience. We all connect to a lot of people. We're connecting to people that we don't know every week now and following them and they're following us. Um, but there's no point in doing any of that unless you're communicating with that audience and showing them who you are. So when you do want to talk to them, you know, they're ready to hear from you, right? Exactly. And I think that's the greatest opportunity 
um, is strategy, right? Is, is what you're going to talk about, how you're going to talk about it, who your audience is, the why is behind what you're doing. What is your end goal? What is your long-term goal? What, what are the goals of the audience that you're really trying to help? And I, I think that that strategy is something that a lot of individuals really miss out on. And they either don't start because they don't know how, or they start and they don't have a plan and it's just everything in their minds coming out and, and it it looks random. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are first of all, off put by the term personal branding, because it sort of sounds like something that extroverts would do only. And, and not all recruiters are extroverts, although I know a fair few of them who are. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people are actually put off a little bit um, because they see it as extracurricular to what they're supposed to be doing. And many recruiters are driven by metrics. And so they don't feel that they can make time. And maybe the companies that they work for don't create enough space for them to sort of begin this, this content journey and this branding journey. Um, but I think if you look at it through a different lens as an opportunity to build an engaged audience, you know, of similarly skilled professionals, the candidates that you're looking to go after, you know, who then become used to you and happy to hear from you and even looking forward to hearing from you, then it starts to sort of shift the focus off the individual and onto the audience you're looking to serve. So it's not so much about, you know, my personal brand. It's about how do I serve the audience that I need to aggregate in order, you know, to become a better recruiter and a more successful recruiter. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And I also feel very similar in terms of the term personal brand. I personally like to utilize the term personal career brand because it does help to automatically shift your mindset in terms of the purpose, how you're going about things. And I feel like if we're doing things for the purpose of our career, as well, people are more open to the concept of creating content, right? Spending time on LinkedIn to expand their network, your employers or, or the business that you're trying to build. If you are an entrepreneur recruiter, it, it just helps to automatically shift that mindset when you are thinking about this is going to help grow my career, my long-term future. It's going to help me help people as well to reach their goals when I just really simply shift that mindset. Yeah. I mean, the jury's not out on whether advertising and marketing works. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. And so to have this platform that empowers you to be able to build your own recruiter brand, so, so people are aware of you and people, you know, like hearing from you, I think is incredibly powerful. And I'm saying this, I'm not the very best at it, but I've got the podcast, which has done an incredible job for me and, you know, published 105, 106 episodes now. Um, and I post, I'm not one of these every single day posters, but I post weekly on LinkedIn and I'm, I'm developing a bit more of a cadence. I'm not saying any of this is easy. What do you think is the chief obstacle that's stopping people from doing this? Fear. 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 That's what I have realized amongst most individuals that I talk to about anything, but especially in terms of getting started on your personal career brand on LinkedIn, whether you're starting out with right the tactical things of building your network, talking to people, commenting, DMing others, posting yourself in any shape or form, 
right? There's, there's several different types of content that you can produce. It's fear and self-limiting beliefs of, am I good enough? Do I have enough to say? Would people want to hear from me? Um, and, and I think that it's, it can all be overcome so easily once you really take a look at how far you've come in your career or even where you want to go in your career. And you do have an understanding of where you've been or where you want to go. And that's what you can talk about and just make it simple. Yeah. And I also think that you have to view this as a skill set that you need to acquire. I mean, if you think of all the skills you need as a recruiter, whether it's, you know, sourcing or outreach or relationship building or, career counseling, negotiation. I mean, all of the, the armory that you need to go in to this industry and be successful. I think the latest and greatest has to be this sort of this content creation and distribution skill set and philosophy, because it's a missed opportunity if you don't go after it. If you're connected to all these people and you're not keeping in touch with them and you're not making yourself aware to them, then when you do eventually need to reach out to them, uh, you're going to be back of mind, not front of mind, aren't you? Absolutely. And we've talked about this in the past. I, I think even, you know, outside of our private conversations that we have is that one of the greatest skills that a recruiter needs is communication. And there's multiple ways to do it in. But at this point in time in where the market is going, how you're going to reach your target audience, whether it is the candidates or the clients, you have to think about traditionally, right? We pick up the phone and you make hundred phone calls a day and it's a ton of one-to-one -one communication, hoping that you're able to get in touch with someone. You can take the same communication skill and now do less and reap more with a one-to-many approach. And that's through content creation um, on, right? We're talking about LinkedIn right now. That's a great way to look at it. Do less and reap more. I mean, who's not going to get excited about that? Um, it sounds like a recruiter's dream, do less and reap more. It's just a question of getting through some of these initial obstacles and then deciding on your strategy. Let's talk a little bit about defining your why. I mean, I suppose my why for doing this is that I want people to get to know me well enough through this podcast and the content that I publish on LinkedIn so that they reach out to me for help, either in my capacity as a coach or a consultant, and then later on through the courses I'm building. So tell me a bit more about defining your why. I think that, so what you just established is your career why. I think that other whys that we can look at are financially and personally driven as well. Um, for me, for example, a lot of things in terms of my personal, financial, and professional wise, they all tie into helping people, helping others achieve their dreams and their whys and their goals. And I think, based on my experience in recruiting, that a lot of recruiters feel the same as well, is that you really do this because you enjoy helping others. You enjoy seeing others succeed through what you're able to, to do with them, which is connect them to the opportunities that are going to help them reach their goals. Um, so I think when we think about them in, you know, maybe these three areas, it's a little easier for us to feel like we're able to understand our why and, and how to move forward. Right. Okay. So, so sort of building the roadmap 
for people who really do want to get started? That's the first step, is it? Just to understand what your why is. So, so you're incentivized to get out of bed and do this stuff every day mm -hmm. or every other day. <laughs> um, you've got to figure out next who your target audience is, right? Absolutely. <laughs> this goes back to what we said earlier in you really do need a strategy. You need to know who you're talking to. As a recruiter, um, you understand what types of candidates you're looking for, whether it's geographical, uh, if it is position related, right? Like me, there was a point in time in my past, I only worked with accounting and finance candidates in South Florida, right? So geographical, uh, the type of position that I was recruiting for, um, maybe you are focused on a specific industry, right? What are the problems of the candidates that you're trying to solve? Are they currently employed? Do you only work with the unemployed network? Um, a lot of times that's not true. Uh, a lot of the times I feel like recruiters are very specific in who they are targeting and that comes from your clients. So really taking what your clients are telling you and bringing that to market as far as who you're going to speak with and then answering problems that you can solve. Yeah, exactly. So figuring out once you know as a recruiter, and I think, you know, a lot of recruiters, if not the majority of recruiters these days would consider themselves to be niche recruiters. And as you said, that doesn't just limit you to sort of an industry vertical. It could be a technical vertical and you could just be like a JavaScript recruiter or you could be, you know, a recruiter of recruiters. You know, a lot of recruiters, whether they're internal or agency recruiters these days, do have a specialism and they're the go-to recruiter for those particular roles, you know, accounting and finance and healthcare. And, and some of those verticals are a little broader than others. But I think if you are in a vertical, it's slightly easier to figure out who your audience is. And then it's slightly easier to figure out the content that's going to get them excited about hearing from you, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, the more pinpointed and focused you can be on the individual you are trying to help, right? Candidate or client or humans talking to humans, more pinpointed you can be in solving the problems or helping them get what they need. It's going to be so much easier to create the content that you need to. And really it's a conversation as far as, you know, the mindset of how to think about creating content is you talk to candidates all day long. You talk to clients all day long. You hear the good, the bad, the ugly, the dreams, the hopes, the things they like. You can turn these conversations into content by simply speaking about how you respond to them in everyday conversation. Absolutely. Um, I think it's important to remember that as a content creator, it's mostly about giving and not taking. And I see a lot of people on LinkedIn, who, you know, who are advertising jobs um, and they're not generating or they're not creating enough content to really build that engagement with that audience. So that when you do advertise a job, people sort of stick their hand up and say, yes, I, I know who you are. I'd be interested in having a conversation because it's about engagement, isn't it? It is. And I think this is a secondary fear too, that a lot of people have is I always recommend the mindset of give, 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 right? Taking a value first approach. Um, I believe in giving 10 times more than you ask or take. So for every 10 posts that you have, only one of them should be asking for money or to buy your product or to apply for your job. 
And this fear is created up around that with a lot of individuals of what if I give too much away and no one wants to work with me, which is really interesting because candidates, clients, consumers, that's not at all how they think nowadays. They want to be completely educated on understanding that you're going to be their trusted advisor before they ever decide to reach out to you. And the way that they make that decision is by understanding the way you think, how you communicate, the information you're able to, to give to them. So I think that that you know, old way of thinking in terms of don't give out information early because you'll never get the sale, that's completely gone. That's not the way that things are going going forward. And also you want to establish yourself as a subject matter expert. So when people, you're not just playing a game of chance and reaching out to people and hoping they're available today, you're building relationships with people so that when they finally do want to move, you're the first person who comes to mind or one of the people that they would immediately reach out to. Um, if you just play the proactive one-to-one old school recruiting methodology and you spend your days, you know, trolling through LinkedIn Recruiter, sending out in-mails and looking to put bums on seats tomorrow, then you're playing a game of chance. But if you do sort of turn your attention to building this community, this, this aggregated audience of, of similarly skilled professionals, they're going to start to come to you and you're going to start generating that inbound traffic, right? Absolutely. And I think that it's worth talking about too, you know, how do you build your network? It's one of those questions of, you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Because a, a lot of there's there's people that think, okay, you go out and you find your audience first and then you start writing. Or you start writing and sharing content first and then you let everyone come to you. I think with that and building the audience that really is going to find value in what you have to say and how you think is by doing a little bit of both of those things. And I know it sounds kind of, you know, counterproductive of what a lot of individuals suggest, right? Just start writing. People will find you. That's totally true. But the way that people find you is also through the engagement of others. So you have to get, this goes back to the mindset of giving, right? A lot of the times you have to give, you have to go find those that are like-minded, connect with them, interact with their content so that when you do start posting, this is your technical asking. They want to engage with your content. And then when they engage, other people see that they're engaging and it builds out the network that you're trying to focus on long-term from there too. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I would call it sort of unspoken reciprocity where if you develop content and I continue to comment on your content and not just comment with like good job or well done, but actual meaningful comments and commentary around the topic that you're discussing, then it really does help to build that little community. And then sure enough, you know, the next time you post, you've got all these people who are commenting as well because, you know, it becomes a community. And I think that maybe the most powerful strategy to get going is in fact, to start commenting heavily on other people's posts and, you know, go find some of the influencers in your space, some of the people with the most followers and start putting together some, some really intelligent and smart comments just to, to really showcase, you know, your opinions and your approach and your philosophy and your knowledge so that you generate that sort of reciprocity when you start posting as well. Yes. 
Yes, that is exactly right. And the only thing that I'd add to that is don't limit yourself to your industry or don't limit yourself to your job title, right? And finding people with the same job title or finding people only in your industry. Go and find people that you genuinely enjoy what they're putting out into the world and the community that they're building. And think about how you want to be known and how you want to interact with people. Um, it really- how does that help though? I mean, if you're talking to people, you know, in your industry, obviously, mm-hmm. ultimately they might be the people that you want to prospect with, whether they're candidates or clients or whatever it is that you might be selling. But how does it help when you start talking to a much wider audience who, who ultimately may not be your prospects? Does that still help you build a bigger network or a meaningful network? I think the greatest thing that it does is it allows you to think outside of your daily tunnel vision of the industry that you're in or the roles that you're trying to fill every single day. Michael Boytnett, who, you know, I know you've had him on the podcast a couple of times and, you know, again, most recently, I found him actually through your podcast, which is through someone else. And I'm a marketing professional. Michael is a recruitment professional. He and I connected on the thoughts of helping others, right? So we're totally different industries. We are completely different roles, right? We work with different types of people, but the way that we think about the world around us is what connected us. And in turn, he gets a lot of value out of the things that I talk about in terms of brand marketing, how, how to communicate with candidates in a different mindset. And I get a lot from him as well, because he teaches me what's going on in the real world. And I can in turn think about how I can further help other people. This is just one example of why you should not limit yourself only to those in your industry, because you could only have exposure to one topic or one, one experience day to day when there's a bigger world out there. Yeah, that's actually a very good point because some of the people that I've started following that aren't necessarily in the recruiting industry um, are people who develop really good copy and content creators. And I've mentioned Mm -hmm. Justin Welsh before. There's a chap called Dickie Bush, who I follow, who's a fantastic content creator and runs a course. Nicholas Mm -hmm. Cole, Nick Walney. These are people I'm following and they're fantastic content creators because the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, how important it is not just to sort of post and pray, as I said earlier, but to actually put meaningful posts together to develop content that's going to resonate. And I think that's one of the things that scares people the most, isn't it? Because it takes more than just a few seconds to put a great post together, doesn't it? It does. It does need to be thoughtful and meaningful. And people can tell if you put it together in two seconds just to post a post, or if you really had some thought behind it and in, in how you are communicating with them. Yeah. How important do you think it is to stay on topic? Because, you know, sometimes you see posts that have got absolutely nothing to do with work or LinkedIn whatsoever. Um, and obviously you've got all these people who say that belongs on Facebook, but um, I quite enjoy, you know, the occasional frivolous post. And you'll see, you look down the bottom and you'll see an incredible amount of engagement with stuff that isn't necessarily work related. Is it okay to sort of pepper your content with stuff that's not all entirely professional? Absolutely, because we're humans. And I think that is the greatest thing that I'm seeing in terms of LinkedIn right now is that 
us as each individual, we're starting to speak out about how important it is to be relatable to each other, whether or not we are in the same industry, the same job title, um, the same seniority level, the same geographical area. We're all humans and we all have things in common that connect us. And when you find those connectors, like sharing about, you know, working from home with your kids who are making a mess and they're on your Zoom calls, for example, that's something that a lot of people around the world can relate to on a personal level and on a professional level right now. And it helps them to trust you and it helps them to feel like they know you that when you do say something that could be of value for their financial or, or professional side, they're going to come to you because they feel like they know you as a person. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we've talked about the who, we've talked about the why, we've talked a little bit about tactics. What are some of the other things that you need to do just to get going, Ashley, in terms of the way you organize your strategy. Do you need to write a bunch of posts up front? Is that a good way of doing it? Sort of ideate across, you know, a number of different topics and have a Google spreadsheet and just, you know, pull from those. I mean, I know Justin Welsh does apparently all of his content on Saturdays and then sort of spends the week distributing it. What's a good strategy for developing this content? There's two ways to go about it. And it depends on who you are as an individual and where you're at in your journey. If you are an you know, uber-organized individual, you have to have everything in place. You have to have your, your week planned out, all of your calls planned out ahead of time. You've done your research in advance. You probably should be thinking about batching your content and just word vomiting, so to speak, all of your ideas in one day and then organizing them to you know, batch post in advance. If that is you, if that is your personality, if that's something that you are comfortable with, I would absolutely suggest that. If you are not like that, it is absolutely okay to think in the moment and post in the moment until you really feel like you know where you're going with your brand and your direction and then get a little bit more organized later. It really depends on who you are as a person and what you're comfortable with. Yeah. I also heard somebody say the other day that if you make a great comment on somebody else's post and you get a bunch of likes on your comment, then turn that into a post of your own. Yes. Um, That's quite a good idea as well. It is. Comments can turn into posts. Yeah. And if you're starting out and you are one of those people, like a lot of people, that doesn't know what to post about, you're starting out by commenting, right? We're starting out by giving, we're commenting on a lot of individuals' posts. Turn those comments into your own posts. Even if it's literally just copy that comment and paste it into a new post, that's an easier way to get started to get you comfortable with posting in the first place. I will say that aside from all of this, right, whether it's Excel spreadsheets or batching content or how you're going about it, one of the most important things that I feel like a lot of people forget to do is profile optimization and taking advantage of the free real estate that you have by being a LinkedIn member in allowing people to really find you and search for you, whether you're posting or not. That's something that is, is forgotten so much of the time. Yeah, that's a great point. And I don't particularly like 
my profile background picture. I think I need to change that. And I was just looking at yours this morning and you've done a great job with your sort of branding of your profile now. It looks fantastic. So, and uh, because obviously that's your landing page, isn't it? So you're doing all this work, you're sending out all this content, then interested parties uh, are going to click on your profile and check you out. So your profile has to immediately reflect who you are. So people are excited to connect with you and follow you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what about the first line? I've begun to realize, I'm a bit slow on the uptake here, but I've begun to realize that the very first line of your post is the most important line of all. And it's just like the subject line in an email. If you're sending like a cold email, it's got to be something that really immediately captures the attention of your intended audience, right? Yes, it does. It's, it's that like hook, line and sinker <laughs> phrase that you hear. Um, it is important because there's, there's this little, you know, see more button that's on your posts. If you're scrolling through LinkedIn, where you only get a really brief preview, just like with an email, as you mentioned, and if it doesn't seem interesting to someone, they're just going to keep scrolling. They're, they're going to move past it. And the most important thing is for people to spend time on your content and be able to give back through the comments. And the only way that they're going to do that is if that opening line is interesting enough for them to open it and, and read. Indeed. And I think also what I've begun to do is, you know, I have a few central themes to the podcast and the way I feel about recruiting and candidate experience and sourcing and outreach and all that stuff. And I think it's okay to put a different spin on the same topic over and over again. And sometimes you can just sort of scroll through LinkedIn and get ideas that way. Look at posts who other people have made that, have, that are successful and have multiple views and multiple comments and think about how you would approach that very same topic and then put your spin on it. Maybe not post it the same day, maybe a month later, but you can use topics. It's impossible to know how to go viral. Nobody knows for sure how to go viral. My most viral post was one which started unhappy recruiters work for companies who are metrics first and quality second. Um, it was a short post and it got three or 400,000 views, but I don't still to this day know exactly why. But if you look at those posts and you look at the topics that are resonating with people, you know, who are online and looking at LinkedIn regularly, then that should give you some good inspiration for, for writing a post with your opinion or your spin on that very same topic. Yeah, they're either, most of the times, the posts that you see that do go viral so to speak, um, they're emotional based or they are talking about I or you. So they're personal. And this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, how okay is it to post personal things on LinkedIn? You can still talk about professional subjects, but you're positioning it towards a personal emotional connection which is the beauty of brand, why I love brands so much, because brand and branding is all about allowing the audience that you're speaking to go through this emotional decision-making process and connect with the content that you're putting out there and resonating with it to get to a decision. So most of the time when you see these, you know, I've, I've had a couple of viral posts myself and I look at them and they are personal. They are very, you know, you or I and my experience. Um, or like you just said, it's, it's focusing on an emotion, being unhappy, right? This is an emotional state that people can relate to. 
on a one-to-one level. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you've got to not necessarily pull on the heartstrings of people, but but make an emotional connection and and humanize your content because that's what people want to feel. You know, they want to feel have that visceral sort of feeling of of connection and emotion and and content that's too dry just it might resonate, but it's just not going to cause people to engage. It, it's got to fire you up and think, oh, yes, I mean, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart and something I want to comment on because you've got to talk to people in a way that encourages engagement as well in order to get your posts seen. And I'm not exactly sure how the algorithm works, but I think, you know, in the first few hours, you definitely need to get 10 or 15 likes or comments for LinkedIn then to sort of expose that post to a wider audience. Yeah, I do think that helps. Um, And I want to make sure to remind you too that engagement doesn't always mean likes or reach impressions or comments. My end goal whenever I post anything is how can I have a real conversation? Whether it's with one person in the comments or it's in my DMs or I hop on a Zoom call, or I get on the phone with them. That is important to me because, I mean, if you go look at my LinkedIn page right now, there are posts that have hundreds of likes and hundreds of comments, and there's posts that have dozens of likes and dozens of comments. But with each of those, what I'm taking away is that on the surface, it, it looks like some of them completely failed and completely won. But if you go and look at my DMs or you look at my calendar or you see the conversations that I'm having offline, that is what winning is for me, regardless of what everyone else sees on the surface. That's very, very true. It's, it's about the quality of the connection yes. and the engagement a lot more than it is about you know the quantity because... On the post that I mentioned, where I had 300,000 people view the post and several thousand likes, I, you know, it was impossible for me to engage mm. with all of those people, especially as you know, vast majority were just likes. The, the comments, though, I think I got about 100 comments on that specific post. That allowed me to re-engage with those people mm-hmm. and take a few of those conversations offline. So it really is about the quality, not just the quantity, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you think of anything else that people need to do just to get started? Because that's, that's what we wanted to accomplish here today. Is there any other roadblocks that you can help people, mental roadblocks, tactical roadblocks that you can help people remove just to get going on it? Is it okay just to get up tomorrow and just start posting? It is. It absolutely is. <laughs> and you hear the excitement in my voice about that. Um, I, I don't think that you have to have Uh, you know, a six month strategy today in order to start today. I think that you just have to make the decision to do it and figure out what works for you. And, you know, I'm in the marketing world, so I completely understand this idea of try a hundred things and find one that works. And I'm, I'm overly confident with that approach because it's what I do every single day. But I know a lot of people don't really do that. And we rely on, I can't do it unless I'm going to succeed But the way that you succeed is by making mistakes and failing and trying and learning. And this is the best way to do this. This is the best way to find your people, find your tribe, find the opportunity that works best for you in terms of creating content is to put it out there. Start talking to people, ask questions. Don't be afraid to message someone that you like what they're doing and ask them for advice. 
because the ones that are doing a really great job, oftentimes they want to give back. They want to help you in some way, shape or form. So just do it. Yeah. And I think setting your expectations reasonably low for the first few months is the best way to sort of approach this. Because if you factor in the concept that you're not going to get a ton of engagement and likes until people start to get used to seeing your content out there, then you won't beat yourself up every time you wake up in the morning and see that, you know, you got two likes and one comment on your last post that took you an hour and a half to, to write. So I think you have to set your expectations reasonably low. Um, And as, as Michael said on the podcast last week, kind of embrace the suck um, (laughs) because you're not going to be brilliant at it straight away. I mean, if you're a great copywriter, that's fantastic, but maybe go on a course, maybe look up some of the people I mentioned earlier about copywriting and copywriting skills. There's tons of great copywriting professionals on LinkedIn right now. And this is the skill set that I think all recruiters need to acquire. Um, And to sort of maybe, as I said earlier in the podcast, start thinking of it less as personal branding and more as content creation to reach the consciousness of all the people that you ultimately want to talk to, one to many, building out, you know, a content strategy and then just getting after it for months and months on end. Give yourself six months, even a year. And I think magic can happen, right? I completely agree. And I think my final thought, you know, as you were talking, especially about Michael's comments that he made is, I find myself saying this so much recently on every, in every conversation is don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 25. If you go on my LinkedIn right now, I have consistent, great engagement and I found what works for me, but I'm, you know, months into my journey. And if you go back and look six months ago, there was nothing going on. Right. And this is what I coach and I do for a living, but in starting my own journey, finally, it was, it was hard in the beginning. It took me a few months to find what was important to me and to be brave about who I wanted to establish myself. And now I'm, I'm able to go back and understand. I'm glad that I did not compare myself to someone else who's so far ahead because I might've had that fear of, I'm never going to accomplish this, or I'm never going to succeed or I'm never going to be like them. I just kept going and going and going and going until one day it clicked for me. Yeah. And you don't seem to have any fear. I mean, you and your posts, you know, are sometimes very personal and very emotional, aren't they? They are. And I've, you know, I've, I've gotten through that fear and, and I appear to be fearless at this point in time is because I just do it right. Going back to what we just said is I make the conscious decision to just do and start and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key. That's the message of today's podcast is just get started because done is a lot better than perfect. Mm, And maybe don't toil over that post for too long. Give yourself 10 or 15 minutes to write something to solve a problem that you've been talking about or that's top of mind this week with some of the work that you're doing as a recruiter and just give it your spin. Give it your very personal spin. Don't be afraid to sort of, you know, stick a a stake in the sand and say, this is who I am. And this is how I approach this problem. Um, sometimes the most controversial posts are the ones that um, resonate the most with people. So I think, yeah, get over the fear and start posting and see what can happen and start talking to all those connections that you've worked so hard to get. That's the, that's the key, isn't it? Yep. Absolutely. Brilliant stuff. If anybody wants to follow Ashley, 
then you can easily find her on LinkedIn, Ashley Pereira, P-E-R-E-I-R-A. And um, well worth a follow. So thanks a lot for coming along to Recruiting Trailblazers today, Ashley Pereira, and we'll speak again soon. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. 